Dexter, thanks for coming on the podcast. You're the founder of Sumo Techs, and you're a lot more than that. So let me hear about your background. Let's start where you grew up, what your childhood was like even. Let's go back to the beginning. Yeah. Sure. I grew up in Malaysia, the capital city, Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. I was a very naughty boy when I was young. What do you so, mean? Uh, yeah, I was very naughty. I skipped school, play games, I don't study. Then uh, one day it clicked when my mother told me, do you still remember what your ambition was? Then I told her, oh yeah, to be an engineer. So I started studying hard, working hard, got into a local university, worked my way to the final year, and found out it wasn't what I wanted. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So in order to make that change, I pivoted by applying a master's degree in UK. So I went to London for a year. I went to London for a year, came back, joined a private equity firm, started working there for about two, two and a half years. And after that, I thought to myself, why not just start something? So I started my own private equity firm. Currently, I'm, I'm running the firm as the chief investment officer. Yeah, so I had about four to five years of investing experience. Hmm. In the past four to five years, I noticed that hmm, something is not right. The industry is dominated by huge players, people with the most capital. And things are often considered as silo and centralized. So I met Andy, my co-founder, and Mike, of course, is also one of Sumotech's co-founder. He's the CTO of Sumotech. So I got them together and said, hey, why not? Let's do something. Huh. Yeah. Since real estate is expensive, people could not afford, why not? We tried to liquidate what was illiquid. Okay, that was a really good summary of a very interesting yeah. past. And so I want to go back and yeah. slow that down a little bit. Yeah. Your mom tells you you're a bad kid, you're skipping school, etc. Yeah. Basically, yeah. what that implies to me is that you weren't interested in being do in doing what you were told, right? Which already yeah. I see the seeds planted for somebody who's going to reject private equity for a fairly radical industry like crypto. Yeah. But when you were in college, like you're an engineer, you're studying to be an engineer at an, at an undergraduate level, or this is you're in graduate school already? Undergrad. 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 Okay. And so what was the point where you realized, okay, engineering, it's not for me. It was at the point when I was having my internship with a local construction company. Okay. Okay. So I was working on the site. Yeah, my major is civil engineering, but sun, rain, you have to be under it. Yeah. 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 So I was walking and then I was looking at my supervisor, my superior, and I thought to myself, do I want to be like them in 30 years? Yeah. Or do I want to do something that is really crazy? Huh. What do you mean really crazy? Like change the world crazy. The world or at crazy. least that time I was thinking to be at the front line. Yeah. As in financial side, the one that put it in the capital, get the returns. At least you're, you're, you're feeling that, mm, okay, my efforts, my capital is generating returns. But my feeling is just personal, it's my personal view. 
So when I was working there, I was working. It feels like whatever I'm contributing is not recognized,、hmm. or I don't feel that substantial enough. Yeah, yeah. Personally, I think I can achieve more. You know. Used, yeah, that makes sense. And and so finance, what was your inspiration? Like, did you have a mentor or an inspiration or a movie or whatever, a book that kind of gave you that inspiration that made you think finance is where it's at? Yeah, Wolf of Wall Street. It was Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, I was asking you that because it was the same for me. Like,、yeah. I, when I went into finance when I was twenty one, twenty two, you know. Yeah. That was it, and I think that's for our generation. A lot of people, that was the inspiration. Interesting, interesting. So you go, so you graduate, you pivot. How do you make that transition? So you're you graduate、okay. from undergrad. I applied, yeah, I applied for a master's degree, a graduate program、yeah. in London, as a because my major was civil engineering. If you were to pivot into finance and economics, for me at that point, the most straightforward way is to. Get on with something related to construction and finance. Right. right. Yeah. So I took a course in construction economics and management, and yeah. And so you joined a private equity firm, and then you founded your own. Is that right? Yeah. I left that private equity firm, and I founded my own firm. How did you find? How so? You just had a collection of investors and clients that you met while working for a different firm that you raised capital from. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, and how、so、old were you then? I was twenty-seven. Nice, and I'm twenty-nine now. That's pretty young to have your own private equity firm. And what kind of work were you doing there? What were you invested in? We were mainly in real estate. Yeah, mostly acquisition of、uh, the entire development, lending, and also we did a little bit of a private yacht leasing. Private yacht leasing, private jet leasing, yeah, yes, as this kind of different businesses,、hmm. and decide whether we want to go into it or not.、Hmm. Private jet leasing—that's really、yeah. interesting. Why? What was the opportunity? Surprisingly, in COVID, everybody wants to fly private. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. <laughs> There you go. So that was just an opportunity in 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 in, in yeah. pandemic yeah. year. Okay. So you're working with、yeah. billionaire clients. You're working with just、yep. the elite. Yes. And so, are you aware of crypto at that time? So where where does crypto fit into your world there? I remember my first investment in crypto. It's Fetch AI. Okay. When Fetch started. Can you talk about that? Intro- what is Fetch? Yeah, one day my brother was in was having dinner with me, and he has been in the crypto industry for a very very long time. Yeah. Why not try out crypto? So I asked him. At that time, I was still skeptical.、Yeah. So I asked him, as a traditional private equity guy, I asked him, "What is Bitcoin packed to? What is it packed to?、Right. Nothing." So he answered me the same thing. What is the U.S. dollar packed to? Yeah. So that single question was the、yeah. the epiphany. It's like, yeah,、yes. it is all kind of psychological and arbitrary, and、uh, yeah. why not? So then, did you deep dive? Did you go through that? Rabbit hole that mind virus that crypto takes hold of people. Yeah, I was in it for quite some time, man. Yeah, what were you reading? Like, you started with the white paper, and then you went where? Yeah, I started with white paper, then DeFi. DeFi. Initially, I started with Fetch. Yeah, I just bought it blindly, studying. 
So what is fetch? Can you just can you describe what fetch is? How it works? How do you call it? It's a AI company, which does something like IoTechs, but they are different in terms that they have this artificial intelligence learning process in in the chain. They have their own chain developed by a couple of Oxford grads or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Since I'm in Niotechs, I've been, yo. Know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can see, you see the vision, machine five. Yes. Why Sumotechs chose Niotechs is because of their machine five vision and also the Pebble Tracker. Yeah, I believe that with the Pebble Tracker, every investment in real estate we can have a proof like a oracle. If Sumotechs acquire this real estate, I will install the Pebble Tracker at the location to collect data and also. Proof of presence. Yeah, let's get yeah. there. Let's get there. So I want to understand why crypto, why starting with Bitcoin, you ended up at IOTEX, which you just talked about. So how did you find out about IOTEX for the first time? And why was that the one Andy. that drew you in? Andy is the one who recommended IOTEX to me. Okay. So Andy is one of our co-founders. Uh-huh. He is the business developer business development hey one day i was speaking to him casually i said what's our coin or token that is good yeah huge potential you know yeah. undervalued yeah so he told me i've been stacking up on iotex for many years so i went on and read their white paper and wow really impressive so went on in <laughs> huh. and what grabbed you about it the fact that they have a vision for machine five yeah yeah it's what i truly believe in terms of the future of automation and connecting yeah. devices to, to the decentralized yeah. Web3. Yeah. 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 And so DeFi at that time, what was your read of the DeFi landscape when you jumped in? What was the exact opportunity? You, you described it like real estate. And I want to go deeper on that specific use case. But when you first made the jump to DeFi, what was the opportunity that you saw? Personally or yeah. before I started? That led to... Yeah. Okay. Let's start before. Before you started a specific company, what was what were you thinking about DeFi? Were you like, wow, this is the wild west of finance. There's so much opportunity here. Were you skeptical? Yeah. Where were you seeing it? Initially, I was skeptical because some of the DeFi platform are offering really high returns. Yeah. It's just a matter of picking the one that is sustainable. Yeah. After studying much, I found that DeFi is really the future. Of finance and what made you come right. to that conclusion the conclusion came from because i am from centralized finance yeah so i know how disruptive DeFi can be yeah 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 it's more liquid when compared to traditional finance say for example if you want to use your nft as a collateral you go to a pool you pledge you get you draw down immediately but in traditional finance, you go to a bank with your house. It takes you maybe a month. Mm, mm, yeah. Right. High fees. To get your cash. Yeah. Yeah. High fees. Yeah. High rejection rate. High rejection. You know. Yeah. No transparency. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And but like you said, I mean, there's a lot of high APYs that imply hidden risk. It's there's something, yeah. and we saw it with UST. Right. These are things that can unwind rapidly. That risk is not free. It's not risk free. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's get to Sumo Text then. So you read the IOTEX white paper. 
you're like, this is it. Machine Phi, I'm in. So yeah. can you describe Sumo Techs and describe how you built using IOTechs? Yeah, okay. So let's talk about Sumo Techs. I started out wanted to change a certain process in traditional finance, which is often, which is a pain point in Malaysia. Yeah. in order for the transfer of ownership from asset owner A to asset owner B is taking too long. And this so is worse in Malaysia than other, like specifically in Malaysia, it's a major. Specifically in Malaysia, yeah. Yeah. It takes you about three months. Jeez. One month the fastest. A month. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So I, I was thinking, yeah, that is something that I would like to change. But unfortunately, there's too much red tape. I went to another pinpoint, which is why the average Joe, like me, like other people could not invest in private equity fund. Yeah. Pinpoint number one is it's too expensive. Your minimum subscription amount, I think it's 50, 50K, right? 50K to enter. Secondly, you get locked in for a minimum of three years. And thirdly, the investment manager themselves are raising against time because when you raise a fund, say for example, uh, sumo tax fund A, and there is a timeline to it, right? Three years. In these three years, no matter what happens, you have to wind down the fund. Yeah. 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 So these three are main pain points that DeFi disrupts. Hmm. And how exactly does DeFi disrupt it? DeFi, let's talk about Sumo Tax uh, Asset Fire Protocol. Yeah. We have recently released our tokenomics. What we aim to do is we are fractionalizing or tokenizing these off-chain assets or funds. So instead of being locked in, Sumo Tax unlock the liquidity of that fund or real estate. Wow. Both for the investors and the asset owners. So being to, in as an investor, for example, today I invest in Sumotex, right? So Sumotex has three different separate funds. The investor can swap anytime that they want mm-hmm. without any penalty and the dividend will be carried forward. This is fascinating to me because actually in 2017, I launched uh, a fund myself and I initially tried yeah. to build it yeah. in crypto using an ERC-20. Yeah. So you could buy in, you could leave right. any time, transparent returns. You, know, you didn't have this, yeah. this problem of uh, high subscription fees and the admin to justify the expense yeah. of admin and taxes and everything that goes into a fund. You need a fairly mm-hmm. large minimum investment. Otherwise, it's just not worth it, especially yeah. for private equity where it's just a higher bureaucratic administrative effort for investments. Yeah. But what you're doing is actually even another level because you're talking about bringing physical assets on chain which is crazy yeah. to me, just how much the space has advanced in five years. Because five years ago, trying to do that with a fund was very difficult. I think blockchain capital yeah. was the first to do it. But yeah. so how does that work exactly? So you're actually talking about installing Pebble trackers on location? Like how, how deep does this go? I know you're starting, maybe not at that level, yeah. but yeah. So how deep does this go? Yeah, Pebble tracker is one. The second one would be the security trustee mean to say someone that is a third party to hold the asset on behalf of the owner and sumo tax so nobody can tamper 
can tamper that asset. And that security trustee will act as a node validator to feed the data on chain. Yeah. So it's like Oracle, you know? So the data that you can derive the value of the asset from or just the verification that the yeah. asset exists, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Have you done this in the real world yet or it's just th theoretical? It's doable. Yeah. I have uh, spoken to a few security trustee. Currently, we are building our contract. Okay. So once the contract is done, I have a few interested, very interested party yeah. ready to tokenize their asset or their funds with us. Which assets are you starting with? Uh, to give you a little bit of a tips, nobody heard, heard, heard this yet. Mm -hmm. uh, we are going to tokenize a pizza restaurant hmm. in UK. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. And we are going to grow that into a chain. So that's one. The second one will be a commercial building in Malaysia that's generating stable yield of about 9%. So we will return to sumo tax investor about 7%. I know it's really low compared to what DeFi is offering. <laughs> but this is stable. No yes. more, this is stable. And of course, definitely we'll add some DeFi excitement into the fund, whereby people who invest can get extra additional sumo tax token. Yeah, and you want to appeal to different categories of investor. When you're talking about the 7% yield, you're unlocking a whole category of investors that would never touch DeFi because they understand there's hidden risks or they're just not comfortable with this artificial algorithmic stablecoin nonsense that is inscrutable <laughs> to the average person. So yeah. that's an incredible thing that you're talking about here. So when you say you're tokenizing a pizza, company yeah what does that mean exactly so you're yeah let's go details if you can i high level is that say for example dean you you come to me and you say hey i want to start a pizza company this is my credential i have run a few shops for a few years and these are the budgets and your returns that i'm willing to give so sumo tech say okay we create a company and the company is held by you yourself and also Sumo Tax or the security trustee. We tokenize the shares and we issue on chain. So investors subscribe and we have the fund and the fund goes off chain and you do the job. So yeah. one thing that is more is good about this FNB industry is that the TIL system actually is linkable to the blockchain. So what you can do is whatever that you collect on the cashier, as a cashier management system where you can check inventory, your sales, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I mean, this, in blockchain. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. In blockchain, transparency is priority, right? I mean, everything can be seen. So that is what we are trying to achieve with Sumo Tax. And you're talking about transparency and tokenization at the level of the financialization of this asset, which is a core proven use case in crypto. But when we're talking about taking it to the next level in terms of actually having sensors on site, where does that come in? Because that to me is fascinating. So how can we actually like create a digitized version of a physical asset that people can interact with financially and invest in do you have a vision for that? Do you have a vision for Machine 5, personally? Yeah, I do, actually. Oh, great. Yeah, of course, Pebble Tracker is very, very important to Sumo Tax. 
what we do is we plan to install a few parameter tracker at important points, maybe at the electrical point, on, on the rooftop, and in the restaurant itself, so we can track. Say, for example, if you log on to Machine Fire Portal and you have the Sumo Text D app, that's my vision. I haven't built that yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you have that D app, the investor can see what is happening to that restaurant, as in what is the weather there. And there is actually another level deeper, another deeper level that you can analyze. We say, if the weather is bad today, does your sales drop? Or does your sale increase or you get more online delivery? It's just a matter of how you interpret this data and make it valuable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can make the investors a participant at the operations level, which as an entrepreneur, yeah. maybe you're not super excited about that. I don't know. <laughs> it depends, but the advice is valuable or not. But yeah, that's really interesting. And then, so for the uh, commercial commercial building, there might be some issues there with privacy, which with the data itself is, is anonymized and private and, and tamper proof, as in yeah. it can't be uh, falsified, it can't be falsifiably produced. But how do you view the privacy potential, the, the potential for privacy violations from this data? To be honest, in Malaysia, currently, privacy is not really something that is top of, top of our mind. But of course, that it it's important. So whenever we acquire a commercial building or a commercial lot, definitely we will have them sign something that, okay, this building is actually monitored by a device called Pebble Tracker. So do you give consent? If not, then we'll look for another tenant or the more suitable candidate sure. to rent our space. Yeah. Sure. And for, in the commercial context, your what data are you, are you thinking about tracking early on? I'm thinking of tracking green energy okay. and to say the efficiency of the electrical usage, water usage in the building. That's very important, I think. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know about other countries, but what I'm facing in Malaysia is that the data are often inaccurate. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it's inaccurate or it's tempered by the brokers. I want to buy a building. I go to the broker. I say, okay, give me the cost of the building. So what they do is they temper the data, reduce the cost of electricity, water, maintenance, and you'll look really attractive to the investors. So that's another pain point I'm trying to solve. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Is that a common, is that a problem in the US too? Or is there just regulation that prevents that or... As far as Malaysia or developing countries, it's more of an issue. Malaysia has that. I'm not too sure about yeah, any others. That's that's where that's the country. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I can't yeah. ask you to be an expert yeah. on every country. Yeah, I can. I jump to conclusion. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, that's fascinating though. That really is. Yeah. That opens up a whole another use case for Pebble Tracker that I hadn't even considered. So that's a fantastic insight. So Sumotex right now, I know you have a Telegram group, you have an active NFT yeah. DeFi integration. What are you doing with Sumotex right now? How can users get involved right now? So something very interesting just happened last week. We recently launched something called Xpotion. What this Xpotion do is actually uh, fuse, it's the fusion process with the MachineFi NFT. So when you fuse, you get something we call a X sumo. So when you have that 
NFT, Exumo NFT. This Exumo NFT will have the origi original traits and attributes of the previous NFT, but they will carry machine five traits, meaning to say whatever income or profits you make from the Pebble Tracker, it will be distributed to these hmm. NFT holders. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's an, that's a, yeah, you guys have a lot going on actually, which is really cool. I'm really excited about this project. I didn't fully understand what you guys were up to until this conversation, which is the whole point of it. And I want to give you, yeah. and I want to actually ask you just some more high level questions about the industry generally, because you have a very fascinating finance background. You're an insightful guy. Okay. With UST and with the DeFi landscape generally. What's your read on the landscape? Are you afraid of regulation? Where do you think the opportunity is for the average investor maybe looking to allocate money in DeFi? Do you have thoughts on that? Not financial advice, obviously, disclaimer, yeah. but just general ideas. Yeah. With the crypto market right now, it's pretty much a bloodbath, right? Yeah. What's the price of BTC? It's under 30. It's yeah, under 30, yeah. UST collapsed last week. And with Dokon going on with Luna Classic and Luna, yeah. uh, let's see. I couldn't comment much, but definitely there will be fear amongst the average investors. Yeah, even I got shocked. Yeah, something like Terra could collapse. Yeah, but it was warned before beforehand. Yeah, regulation. Huh? So you're afraid of? I think that's in the air right now. It's just. Yeah. This is. Yeah. Do you think that is just a net bad for the industry? Is there any positive from regulation that could happen? It may be positive in regulating stablecoin, but it defeats the entire purpose of blockchain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. The the idea of algorithmic stablecoins itself trying to basically re-architect re a, a central bank and a federal reserve yeah. and the U.S. sort of system that goes back to Alexander Hamilton. To recreate that with code, to me, I've always been skeptical of because you can never code your way out of economic fundamentals. And yeah. like you said, the U.S. dollar isn't backed by anything. However, it is backed by nuclear weapons it's backed by i mean there's a global yeah. infrastructure military behind it that just can't be replaced with code necessarily do you think an algorithmic stable coin can work do you have thoughts on that i have a thought so yeah. yeah i'm really skeptical because the definition of a stable coin is that it's backed by something tangible yeah if you were to buy okay let's go back to the fundamental of stable coin why do you want a stable coin because it's stable right so when you buy a stable coin you feel safe and you can go to bed rest assured yeah not wake up and it goes haywire <laughs> that's a great point yeah yeah i mean yeah. the whole purpose of stable coins is for that reason not to get 20 percent yeah. apy yeah 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 it's crazy 20 percent apy it does make sense yeah. And they're ju they're juicing that up. I think they had a core return based on the, the lending rate of eight to 10 and they juiced it yep. up to 20 with whatever they had selling terror, their reserves or whatever VC money. Yeah. Do you think we're entering a long extended bear market? 
That's a tough question. Yeah, nobody knows for sure. Nobody knows for sure. Nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody knows. yeah. But I'm still optimistic. Yeah. In the bear market, it's a really good time to fill your bags with the coins or the tokens that you really believe in. For sure. Yeah. And I think this could be an opportunity for you because you're focusing on businesses with you know consistent cash flow, pizza places, yeah. they're gonna do well in a recession. They're not going away. Yeah. Maybe corporate offices, maybe not quite as well, but it's still, it's, you know, it's a yeah. hard asset with good cash flow, right? This is fairly inflation proof, at least relatively speaking. I think you're in a good position, it seems like to me. And in terms of like the opportunity with MachineFi and Pebble, this is a long-term opportunity, right? We're talking about hardware. We're talking about things that are just harder to build. The execution timeline is going to be longer than a software application. And um, and so if you're in IOTEX, if you're in Sumotex, like you're a longer-term thinker. That's just all there is to it. So in terms of a timeline, can you talk about maybe when your release dates are or when you think this stuff could be up and running? at various phases? Our protocol will be ready latest end of June. Okay. We will tokenize our first fund a month or two after that. And will that be available to unaccredited investors? It'll be available to anyone? Yeah, everyone. Wow, cool. Even US investors? Yeah, we have, I've been through a hell of legal documentation discussion for that. That's a big deal, actually, that you managed to do yeah. that. That's impressive. Yeah. I'll be an investor. Maybe not a whale, but I'm, I'm going to get in there. You've convinced me. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole point is not for whales to be. It's not for whales. Yeah. Fantastic. And okay, so finally, we can wrap this up. Do you have any calls to action for listeners? What should they do to get involved? So to get involved, just go to our website, www.sumotex.tex dot co everything is there the link to our telegram our white paper if you want to mean our nft is there yeah sounds good Dexter's or if you want to get, get to me personally uh, i can be reached at dexter at sumotex.co you can talk to the man himself and it's been yeah. a real pleasure dexter honestly i'm really excited about what you guys are building this is one of the coolest Pleasure's things i've heard about in a while so it gives me hope it gives me hope that the space is headed in a wonderful direction. So check it out. Thanks so much. Cheers, Dean.